The story is Teddy Bear of Bumpkin Hollow. It's a story my mother used to read to me when I was a little girl. I thought it was really sad then. I still think it's sad now. But I guess it has a good message of obeying your parents right when they call you. Teddy was a little brown bear. He was just about the cutest little brown bear that ever lived in Bumpkin Hollow. But he had one very bad habit. No matter what his mama told him to do, he wanted to do just the opposite. If Mama Bear said, Teddy, it's time to come in and eat lunch now, Teddy would stay right where he was and play and play. If Mama Bear said, Teddy, it's time to go to sleep now, he would just open his eyes as wide as wide and say, but Mama, I'm not sleepy. No matter what Mama wanted him to do, he didn't want to do it. My, if Mama told him to be a good boy and smile, he would make the most awful face. It was enough to scare Sammy Squirrel right out of his skin. Even Willie Woodpecker stopped pecking holes in the white pine tree and hid his head under his left wing when Teddy made a face like that. Mama and Papa Bear talked about Teddy's strange behavior one evening after Teddy was asleep. What will we do, Papa Bear said. Mama Bear thought for a long time. Finally, she said, I know exactly what to do. Teddy loves to visit Grandma and Grandpa Bear. We shall go there tomorrow morning, but we shall wait and see if Teddy goes or if Teddy stays home. But he can't stay alone, said Papa. No, but Cousin Amanda will be glad to stay with him, I know, said Mama. Early the next morning, Mama called to Teddy. Hurry, Teddy, the sun is up and it's time for little bears to be up too. Teddy didn't even grunt. Mama called him again, but still he didn't wake up. Mama had to call him six times because, of course, he didn't want to do anything he was told to do. After breakfast, Mama gave him a shiny red bucket. Go over to Honey Bee Hive, she said, and get this bucket full of the very best mountain flower honey. Take the short path and not the long way through the green wood, she warned. Now hurry, Teddy, if you are back by 10 o'clock, you will have a very pleasant surprise. If you're not back by then, you will be very sorry. What is the surprise, asked Teddy. Teddy just loves surprises. I can't tell you now, said Mama. It wouldn't be a surprise any longer. Now run along and remember, don't go through the woods. Teddy ran down the path, swinging the shiny red bucket. Soon he came to the little twisted path that went into the woods. Teddy stopped. How he did love to go through the green woods and wade in the icy mountain stream. Oh, dear, said Teddy, what shall I do? I wonder what the old surprise is anyway. I'll run as fast as I can. Then it won't make me any longer to go through the woods than to go by the short path. And Teddy scampered down the little twisted path into the green woods. Soon he came to the icy mountain stream. I'll just take a minute to splash in it, he said to himself. Then he saw Mr. Bullfrog on a rock. Good morning, croaked Mr. Frog. I'm so glad to see you, Teddy Bear. I've been learning a new song. Do sit down and listen and tell me what you think of it. Teddy sat down on the cool green bank and wiggled his toes in the icy water. Mr. Frog croaked his very loudest. That is a very fine song, said Teddy. Let me sing you another, said Mr. Frog. No, said Teddy, suddenly remembering the surprise. I must hurry over to Honey Bee Hive. Teddy went on and soon he came to Honey Bee Hive. Mr. Honey Bee filled up the red bucket with the very best mountain flower honey and Teddy carried his bucket home. But when he got there, Mama Bear wasn't anywhere to be found. Papa Bear wasn't anywhere either. And there on Mama Bear's favorite chair sat Cousin Amanda. When Teddy caught, saw her, he wailed, Where's my Mama? I want my Mama! Oh, said Cousin Amanda, your Mama and Papa left here at 10 o'clock this morning. They went to visit Grandma and Grandpa Bear. You could have gone with them if you had been back on time. 
Teddy Bear ran over to his soft little bed, buried his head under the pine needle pillow, and cried and cried and cried. Late that afternoon, Mama Bear and Papa Bear came home. Teddy had been thinking. When he saw Mama Bear, he ran to her. He put his arms around her. I won't ever be a naughty little bear again, he promised. Of course you won't, said Mama Bear. Look what Grandma Bear sent home for you. Big chocolate cookies with white sugar frosting. And she wants you to come and see her next week. And Teddy went. Brothers, written by Florence Friedman. Long, long ago in the land of Israel lived a farmer named Seth. Seth had two sons, Dan and Joel. Every spring and every fall, Seth plowed the earth. From the time they were little boys, Dan and Joel followed him, planting the seeds. Then they watched the wheat grow from tiny plants to tall stalks. When the wheat grew tall, Dan and Joel could hide in it. It was taller than they were. When the wheat was ripe, Seth took his sickle and cut it down. The boys helped him tie it in bundles and load it onto their donkey. Then they rode to the threshing floor and piled the wheat high. Dan and Joel grew and grew until they were taller than the plow, taller than the wheat, taller than their father. When Seth grew old, he called his sons to him. You are good men and good farmers. You are good sons to me and to your mother. I'm too old to plow and plant and stack and thresh the wheat. I will soon die. I will divide my land in half. You, Dan, will get one part and you, Joel, the other. I know that you will always be friends and help each other. After their father died, Dan and Joel divided the land. Each built a house. Joel married a lovely woman named Miriam. Dan did not marry. He lived alone. Time passed. Miriam and Joel had three sons. Joel added rooms to his home. His sons helped their father just as Dan and Joel had helped their father. Dan did not marry. He lived alone in his little house. He went to visit Joel and his family whenever he could. When Joel's boys were 12 and 10 and 3 years old, there came a bad year. The rain did not fall. The wheat dried up. There were not many bundles of wheat on the threshing floor. One night, Joel could not sleep. What's the matter? asked Miriam. I'm thinking about my brother. He is all alone. You and I have sons to take care of us when we are old. Dan has nobody, yet we have the same amount of land and the same amount of wheat. It isn't fair. What will you do about it, asked Miriam. I know, answered Joel. I will take some of my wheat to my brother. It was almost midnight. Joel dressed quickly and left the house. He took his sleepy donkey. Wake up, we have work to do, he said. In the quiet of the dark night, he took wheat to his brother's threshing floor and silently went home. On the same night, Dan could not sleep. He was thinking about his brother. My brother Joel has a wife and three children. He has five people to feed, and I have only myself. Yet he has the same amount of land. It isn't fair, he thought. Quietly, he got out of bed, loaded his donkey with wheat, and took it to his brother's threshing floor. In the morning, Joel looked at his wheat. He rubbed his eyes. Can it be? There's just as much wheat here today as there was yesterday. I will take more to Dan tonight. In the morning, Dan, too, looked in his wheat. He rubbed his eyes. I did not take my brother as much wheat as I meant to, he thought. That night again, Joel took wheat to Dan, and Dan took wheat to Joel. In the morning, each had as much wheat as he had had the day before. Joel told his family what had happened. Tonight we will help you, said Miriam and the boys. That night, Joel awakened Miriam and the boys. It is time, he said. They loaded the donkey, and Joel, Miriam, and the boys carried as much wheat as they could. That night, 
Dan started out with his load of wheat at the same time as Joel. They met halfway at the place where their farms joined. Without saying a word, they dropped their bundles of wheat and hugged each other. Then they heard a soft voice that came from everywhere and nowhere singing, how good it is for brothers to live together in friendship. Hundreds of years passed. A city grew where Seth's farm had been, the city of Jerusalem. And King Solomon built the holy temple on the spot where the brothers had met and hugged each other. When the temple was finished, a soft, low voice was heard singing, How good it is for brothers to live together in friendship. The song came from nowhere and everywhere. The Kissing Hand by Audrey Penn. Chester Raccoon stood at the edge of the forest and cried. I don't want to go to school, he told his mother. I want to stay home with you. I want to play with my friends and play with my toys and read my books and swing on my swing. Please may I stay home with you? Mrs. Raccoon took Chester by the hand and nuzzled him on the ear. Sometimes we all have to do things we don't want to do, she told him gently, even if they seem strange and scary at first. But you will love school once you start. You will make new friends and play with new toys, read new books and swing on new swings. Besides, she added, I know a wonderful secret that will make your nights at school seem as warm and cozy as your days at home. Chester wiped away his tears and looked interested. A secret? What kind of secret? A very old secret, said Mrs. Raccoon. I learned it from my mother and she learned it from hers. It's called the kissing hand. The kissing hand, asked Chester. What's that? I'll show you. Mrs. Raccoon took Chester's left hand and spread open his tiny fingers into a fan. Leaning forward, she kissed Chester right in the middle of his palm. Chester felt his mother's kiss rush from his hand up his arm and into his heart. Even his silky black mask tingled with a special warmth. Mrs. Raccoon smiled. Now, she told Chester, whenever you feel lonely and need a little loving from home, just press your hand to your cheek and think, Mommy loves you, Mommy loves you. And that very kiss will jump to your face and fill you with toasty, warm thoughts. She took Chester's hand and carefully wrapped his fingers around the kiss. Now, do be careful not to lose it, she teased him. But don't worry. When you open your hand and wash your food, I promise the kiss will stick. Chester loved his kissing hand. Now he knew his mother's love would go with him wherever he went, even to school. That night, Chester stood in front of his school and looked thoughtful. Suddenly, he turned to his mother and grinned. Give me your hand, he told her. Chester took his mother's hand in his own and unfolded her large, familiar fingers into a fan. Next, he leaned forward and kissed the center of her hand. Now you have a kissing hand, too, he told her. And with a gentle goodbye and I love you, Chester turned and danced away. Mrs. Raccoon watched Chester scamper across a tree limb and enter school. And as the hoot owl rang in the new school year, she pressed her left hand to her cheek and smiled. The warmth of Chester's kiss filled her heart with special words. Chester loves you, it sang. Chester loves you.